Welcome back to The Real View. It's the third and final episode of the Night Stalker series. Ava, Brooke, and I are going to fill you in on how the infamous killer was finally put to an end. All of Ramirez's crimes eventually added up to the specification of who he is, and that's what led to him being caught and imprisoned. Based on ElPasoTimes.com, it gives a little description on him saying how that he had very bad teeth and wore a distinctive jacket and smelled very bad. Throughout the many murders, people slowly started to gather little details of Richard and could finally recognize him, which is very expected since how many crimes he committed, people could start to put together all the little hints they would see of him. Richard hid from the police for many um, for a while. After hiding from the authorities for nearly a year between 1984 and 1985, Ramirez's arrest came, to, came in the hands of a teenager named James Ramirez Jr., he, um, James eventually saw the serial killer prowling around his house around midnight in Mission Vejo area of California. It was past midnight and um, James was going out to receive a pillow from the family truck and he heard a noise that he would assume was an animal, like every other person would. But then he did realize it was footsteps. Um, the family of um, James held Ramiro down um, and from, according to thesun.com, the group held Ramiro down and relentlessly beat him up until the police arrived and took him into custody. Ramiro told the cops that he walked right by the next to the screen. That's not an animal, that's a person. After the police took Ramiro to identify a number of cars, the, uh, the authorities eventually found that the hatchback abandoned in a strip mall parking lot for, was him. From this discovery, the police were able to get a fingerprint and use a new Japanese technique of super, super glue vapor and were able to identify this was him. Um, they were able to windle down to 100 matches that they got down to one. Richard Ramirez was then caught by the neighbors of a woman whose car had been tried to steal after he realized the identity, the, his identity was on the front page of the news. As of Ramirez now, he's still suffering from the effects of fighting this murderer. He states, I have nightmares. It hasn't been easy. I don't wish what I've gone through on anyone, but I, what I did possibly save many families' lives. I'm a little more at peace with it now, but for a long time, I wish I was never a part of it. He, he is very much a hero in that way of how he found... Richard, and he had a lot of bravery to go out, and even though after seeing it wasn't an animal, it was actually a very, very dangerous killer that he just felt that he caught him. It's very brave of a person to willingly go up to a murderer and hold him down so that he could help other people. As the house had previously been broken into, the police had not had enough information to catch them, Ramirez tried to get a look at the in individual. After Ramiro, Ramiro's father woke up, the person tried to get away, but Ramiro was able to get a partial number plate of his orange Toyota hatchback. And this is what, how he was able to identify the murderer. After his sentencing, authorities transferred Ramirez to California's San Quentin State Prison, which is like a fortress along the Bay of the... of the Golden Gate Bridge, Romero aged more rapidly due to the poor condition in the prison and the poor behavior before the prison life. Over the years of Richard being in prison, many women became obsessed with him and only liked him because of his looks. And they glamorized him without remembering what he actually did. They sent him to all types of love letters and um, gifts, and he eventually got married to Doreen Loy, who was a teen magazine editor from Burbank. After he went to jail, his death story is very kind of justifying for his victims. 
So basically, the jury agreed in 1989 that Richard Ramirez was convicted of 13 counts of murder, 5 attempted murders, 11 sexual assaults, and 14 burglaries. He was sentenced to die in the California's gas chamber. But this is not how it finally ended. He died of natural causes, not an execution. Many people would disagree with the torturing methods that he went through to um, sentence him to death. But if you look at his cases and the way he tortured other people, um, I personally believe it's like... Fitting. Fitting, yeah. And in September 2006, they denied his request for a new hearing since he obviously did not want to be executed. And throughout his jail life, he was treated very badly, as you can imagine, since nobody wanted such a sadistic killer in there near them or just anywhere in the same space as them. And while continuing to appeal his conviction and awaiting execution, Ramirez was diagnosed with B-cell lymphoma, which is a form of blood cancer. He also suffered complications from chronic substance abuse and chronic hepatitis C viral infection, probably from his extensive drug use. He likely suffered from terminal cancer, although the full nature of his illness remains unclear. And since he was a Satan worshiper, he was just, his whole entire jail life, he worshipped Satan and just, he spent 20, he spent 23 years. He spent 23 years on death row. Before he could make it to death row, at age 53, he was taken from San Quentin to Marin General Hospital in Green Bay, California. And on June 7, 2013, he took his last breath. Last breath, he likely died <laughs> alone, as friends and, and loved ones are not allowed to hide. <laughs> not allowed inside secured rooms. And he definitely did not have a lot of friends and family to do this, but he still, either way, would not have. A, he, they would not be allowed in the room. We want to thank you guys so much for tuning on the series of true crime and the Richard Ramirez cases.